on cornerofthegalaxy.com. It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, February 22nd. Uh, I think one of our last from the boxes uh, here, uh, basically, before the end of the month. Uh, LA Galaxy getting ready to start their preseason, which is going to be interesting, being they don't have much of a team. Uh, We'll talk about that. We also have some rule updates on the U22 rule that everybody has sort of been paying attention to. Uh, A new sleeve sponsor for the LA Galaxy, which will get us into some sponsorship and TV contract talk. Uh, A lot of Julian Araujo talk, which is good. And then, of course, an update on Christian Pavone. To help me do all of it, the panda himself, Mr. Kevin Baxter. Kev, how's it going, buddy? Hey, I am not. I am one of those people who have not paying attention to that U twenty two rule. I don't understand it. Maybe you can explain it to me. But I, you know, in that little tiny desk concert that you play at the beginning, the mashup with all the different songs. Yes. I noticed the second guy pronounces it Los Angeles. Yes. Which is how my my dad, who is from Philadelphia, he always called it Los Angeles, and it, it dri- drives me crazy. And now you you put it on that song. Yeah, and and that's going to drive you crazy for the rest of the time. Uh, I never, I didn't notice it before, and, and now I do now, and now it won't get out of my head. Well, I'm glad that I could somehow um, participate in driving you nuts. That's actually that's a that's but, a positive for me. By the way, it's not a short, it's not a long drive. It's a very short drive. By the way, um, what animal has the shortest memory, shortest attention span? Oh, shortest memory. Good job. Way to screw up the joke. Like you, you had it, and then yeah. then you screwed. I. This is. It, it's one of my. I'm gonna uh, let me let me impart some advice. One, it's a goldfish because it's from um uh from yeah. <laughs> from Ted Lasso. Be a goldfish. Be yeah. a goldfish, Josh. It is. It is. I've already forgotten what I screwed up. Yeah, I know. I'm, you, I'm a goldfish. You, Be you, a goldfish. You let it go. I'm gonna tell everybody for the for the young people out there, Kevin. Um, the young people who are out there trying to uh, sort of uh, figure out what is going on um, in terms of how to tell jokes. There's one surefire way, Kevin. One surefire way to always get better at telling jokes. Do you know how that is? It just do the opposite of what I do? I was going to say that's part of it. Uh, no, the, the thing is you have to tell the same joke over and over and over again. So if you have a significant other, uh, you will drive them crazy. Uh, absolutely, 100%. I have to imagine that that uh, comedians' significant others might want to go nuts whenever they're telling the same joke. Just twist it a little here, a little emphasis there. You have to say it over and over again, Kevin. That's the only way you can do that. Well, so you want me to start again? Uh, no, please. No, okay. no. Our audience is not a goldfish. 
All right, it doesn't have the shortest memory. They remembered you yeah, screwing up. Yeah, goldfish. All right, let's get to a little Ted bit. Lasso, uh, Ted Lasso, right there. <laughs> let's get a little bit of uh, uh, of some U twenty two rule update, and then, as promised, and I forgot to even mention it in the intro. Uh, as promised, we have the uh, interview that I taped last week uh, with Megan Riza uh, that will be coming up here as well. So we're going to do that here in just a, a short bit of time. So make sure you stay stay tuned for that. All right. Um, by, by the way, did you know Lewis Black and Kathleen Madigan, two of my favorite comedians? They they dated for a long time maybe they still are dating so you think they drove each other crazy trying their jokes out with each other yes i imagine they're all i think i i i worry about comedians in in this pandemic because they can't go out and do the thing that keeps them sane which is like stand up and that's their their creative outlet me my creative outlet is talking to you on monday nights and then real sane people on thursday nights so um i have that i've been staying normal and 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 some well i mean normal in quotation marks but anyway we're moving on i don't we're not this isn't going to be another one of those 10 minutes later we haven't talked any any soccer yet so um oh, I, I know i know okay. you're disappointed let's talk uh you 22 rule update because uh, we talked about it, I think, on Thursday night, uh, and it was one of those things where we're sort of just barely starting to get the rules. I mean, none of these rules are even official yet. A lot of this is coming from uh, Sam Stashkul and, and The Athletic and him trying to figure out what those are and talking to different sources. Um, so we talked about basically how you could sign three more under 22 players. Uh, the acquisition fees are unlimited. We talked about that before. Um, and then basically we said, yeah, I mean, even if you have three DPs, you could do these three, uh, 22 and, uh, uh 22 and younger, uh, players. And they can maintain that tag all the way until they're 25. That doesn't seem to be a hundred percent true. Now, if all three of your designated players, Kevin are over at the, the age, they don't qualify for the young DP rule, which is different, by the way, than this young money or under 22 rule. Don't make me explain the difference right now, but they're different. Uh, but if you have three designated players and sort of what we might call like the high cost designated players, Kevin, the ones that cost a lot of money um, and are a little bit more aged, um, as they say, then you're probably only going to be allowed by the league to sign one under 22 uh, player to this rule. However, if you have just one designated player that is considered a young DP, you can sign, it looks like, three of the U22 uh, players. So I, I know... My, my, head, my head hurts. My head hurts. It, if it, you're in the middle of a rule and you have to say however... Yes, that's it's too complicated. Well, I mean, you know, that's that's what we always have the gray areas. You always have the exceptions, right? We're, we're dealing with exceptions. Rules are rules until you get to the exceptions and then there's exceptions yeah. to everything. You've explained it really well, and um, kudos to you, but I'm going to go back to the argument that we've had or discussion we've had before. When you compare MLS to other sports, the rules are just too complicated. I mean, you and I do this for a living, and we have trouble understanding all the nuances. I remember talking to Ziggy, and he told me one time that they had found some money that they didn't know they have, and they could, they could use it for contracts to sign players. I mean, it was one of those things where – oh, we found a loophole in the rules and now we actually have more money. I mean, if you're finding loopholes in the rules and all that kind of stuff, it's just too complicated. If you want to follow baseball, football, basketball, you can play along with the general manager. You can talk about salary caps and signing players and how much room under the cap and and uh, franchise tags and all that, which I don't understand much. But anyway, <laughs> but you can talk about all that stuff and it makes sense. Hey, the Dodgers can sign this player because they have all this room. 
with MLS, it's like, is he under 22? But wait, he's under 22, but when he turns 25, we can't sign him to more of a more than a three-year contract, but do we have too many DPs? What about TAM money? Oh, is that GAM money? Can we use it? It's just too complicated. They've really got to simplify this stuff. Well, I mean, it, uh, in their defense, um, they don't actually give us any salary information, so most of this stuff is useless without that. So unless they suddenly start giving us salary information and we can start figuring out some of this stuff, it's not really complicated because it's based on guesses and wishes most of this time. I mean, we've been lucky, and I say lucky in quotation marks as in, like, thanks for giving me the table scraps MLS, and it wasn't even MLS, it's the it's the MLS Players Union, but we've been lucky that the Players Union puts out a what we classify as a fairly accurate uh, description of the, um, uh, of the salaries, right? And so... That's the only way we've ever been. And you still, you still, even if you know everybody's salary, Kevin, you cannot sit there and try to figure out um, how much, how much money the galaxy have under the cap, how much they've spent on targeted allocation money, because all those amounts can vary in different. It's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating well, for me. It's frustrating for you. It's frustrating for the fans. Here's another part where that gets confusing. When you look at those salaries, most MLS players sign contracts that are two years with a club option for the third year. Um, and when, it, when you look at those salary figures provided from the union, it'll say base salary, maybe 100000 Then it will say uh, guaranteed compensation, maybe 120000 The reason that's, that is like that is if a player has some sort of clauses contract, uh, I don't know what, what it would be for, but if there's a public appearance fee or whatever, they average that over the length of the contract. So you may get $60,000 just theoretically for something else. That's twenty thousand a year, but it's paid sixty thousand in one lump sum. It makes no sense at all. And I have had more than one uh, coach, general manager, come to me and say, "Hey, you wrote about our team today. You got all those salary figures wrong." And well, I got those from the union. Yeah. And I would say they're wrong. Okay, well, tell me what the right figures are. Well, we can't do that. Okay, guess what? I'm using the union figures because they put their name on the record and they said these are the figures. If you guys won't, if MLS won't give them to me. I'm going with the union figures. And if they make you look bad, then give me the correct figures and I'll use those. Yeah, that, that's sort of always the thing, right? It's like we, we get a limited amount of money or a limited, limited amount of information. We're asked to draw, you know, relatively um, knowledgeable conclusions based off of those. I mean, let's talk about, I mean, one of the things, and, and certainly this comes into U22 stuff, but it comes into just roster flexibility and everybody saying, you know, Certainly, the, the LA Galaxy's roster is incomplete, and we, I think we'll discuss that as we sort of you know meander through today's show. Um, but y you look at that and say, well, the LA Galaxy probably have a whole bunch of room to be able to sign people. How much room is that? Um, how much? Uh, who's on? Who, what? How, how are the contracts laid out? Like, right? We we know sometimes we know some of the bigger contracts, but you just found out. And uh, I got a message from from someone who was asking for a clarification, but we just found out again about Jonathan Dos Santos and this being a contract year for him. Um, at one point, we heard it was a five-year contract, which means it would go through 2022 um, and not this year through 2021. So it was actually a four-year contract. But we've been having to make assumptions and educate people on that with, with no information. And certainly the team and the league are not helping in that regard. By the way, both of those things could be true. It could be the last year of his contract and 2022 with an option. It could, you know, right. I'm sure we'll, we'll find out when he's no longer on the team that we'll find we out. We'll know. But, but you know, I, I don't want to beat the dead horse, but I think baseball fans had so much fun with Trevor Bauer and Justin Turner signing with the Dodgers. There's a lot of Dodger fans listen to this podcast too, because you could look at the figures and say, wow, they really spent a lot. They're really committed to the team. And it was 
that hot stove leak was fun to talk about that. And we just don't have that information on MLS. Are the Galaxy all in? Are they spending a lot of money? Are they really going for it, a championship this year? Or are they just trying to get by with a, a low budget team? We don't know. We have no, no information to base that on. The team probably likes it, but I think it's really bad for the fans. And it could be bad for the team. If you're a team that's all in, like the Dodgers, and you're spending money, wouldn't you like the fans to know that? But there's no mechanism to do that. Yeah, it's uh, it, again, it's it, it's frustrating. And, and this U22 thing, um, more details keep coming out. And so they talk about, you know, a DP who is 23 or younger um, or one of any age who can be bought down with targeted allocation money will be able to sign up to three players under the U22 initiative. Um, let's see. I'm trying to read through some of the other notes. Um, basically, you can you can if if they got a player for free, Kevin, let's say you go out and we talked about unlimited acquisition fee, right? Where you didn't you could pay a transfer fee for who, however much money. Well, let's say you didn't have to pay a transfer fee for that player. Well, then that player can actually earn more money. OK, you can pay them up to two hundred thousand dollars above the max budget charge, which is about six hundred and twelve thousand dollars right now. Um, and at six hundred and twelve thousand dollars, if you add two hundred thousand dollars to that, you could be in the eight twelve and technically still be under this U-22 rule. So, again, it just it, it's a lot. And I don't think we know exactly 100 percent until somebody can write down all these rules, Kevin, and we can actually look at them. Um, then I, I think that's sort of where we where we have to sit with that. I, I don't know that we have a conclusion. And. There have been some teams who have signed some some U twenty two players. Um, Austin did, and I think maybe Cincinnati might have done in one as well, but I can't remember a hundred percent. But they, for they sure, Austin. Twenty one year, yeah. They, uh, Cincinnati signed a U twenty uh, twenty one year old, but I think they signed him as a straight DP. Right. Yeah, it was he was worth a whole bunch of money uh, from, yeah. from what I remember. Yeah, it's a it, it was a big deal. So, uh, so we have that. All right. So that's sort of the update on the U twenty two rule. I wanted to sort of get that out of the way um, for the rest of this uh, understanding that the L A Galaxy should be reporting. Let's see, on March first uh, is is sort of the quote unquote report date. Although uh, yes and no. Yeah, I was going to say yes and no. Although we've already seen people. Um, at the stadium uh, that have probably already gone through their checks and can do individual stuff. Jonathan Dos Santos, Chicharito, I think, have both been posting videos from inside the locker rooms. Um, and so yeah, certainly Jonathan, uh, we saw there. Uh, so you can see that some guys are starting to get in there and starting to work out and starting to do things. March 1st, I think, is the official quote-unquote report date. Right. It's where they report. They do their physicals. Uh, they, they go into COVID-19 um, um protocol where, where they're sort of quarantined um that's march 1st supposedly they if they're cleared and they've gone through the seven days they can go out and do individual workouts no team workouts until i think it's march 8th for the galaxy right they're not a uh, ccl team so right. they go march 8th yep that's correct so uh, so anyway, so all that is starting to lead up. And, and certainly when you look at the roster uh, with 25 positions taken up, uh, there is there's a rumbling, at least, of something that we can't really confirm yet. So um, we'll, we'll have to wait to sort of see how that plays out the rest of the week. If I had more information, I certainly would lay it out there. But as of right now, there's all, all I'm hearing is is some rumblings, uh, which, of course, probably means there's, there'll be an announcement on Tuesday morning. Right, Kevin? That'll yeah. sort of make the rest of this obsolete. Maybe I shouldn't talk about it at all. And I'll just just pretend I'm su surprised. Well, engine engine number nine is what we're hearing. That we'll, we'll see. We'll see. again. Eh, I'm I'm sort of I'm I'm in between on this one. This is one of those I'm like I I would feel like I'd hear more. Um, and that's this whole off season. Let's be honest, Kevin. This whole off season has been very quiet. But uh, but you know, and the team tries to play it very close to the vest. They they try not to let any information leak out, and I get it. I know why they want to do that. But 
when I talked to Greg Vanny uh, for the story I did on Jonathan Dos Santos, he just came right out and said, we want Jonathan to be a box-to-box guy. Um, we're trying to sign a holding midfielder. Right. I've never heard that. Right. Uh, and he said, you know, a starting holding midfielder um, to free Jonathan to go forward. I th- you know, you and I have talked about they need a winger that, you know, they, they need uh, another number nine, someone to help Chicharito up front, a second forward, a second striker, whatever you want to call it. Or, or at least I, a backup striker. Let's at least right. say a backup striker just in case Chicharito gets hurt, right? Um, I had not heard anything about a holding midfielder allowing Jonathan to push forward. It makes a lot of sense. Maybe it's something we should have thought of, but you know, Vanny just said it like everyone knew it. And I was, I was kind of surprised by that, but that's apparently something they're looking for. He's the coach. He's allowed to say things that are revelations to the rest of us. And and we're all like, yeah, of course. I mean, it makes sense. That's why, that's why he gets to do it. All right. Um, we're going to talk a whole bunch about all this stuff, but I want to get to, uh, as Kevin, uh, your, your video cuts in and out for this. Uh, for yeah, this fun. It it's fine. It's fine. Your audio is staying nice, crisp and clear. Everybody on the podcast, the majority right. of our listeners won't right, care. Right behind me here is the, the Wi-Fi yes. router. So yes. I can't get much closer. That's a pro- You're probably too close. Didn't you know that was the thing? Uh, yeah. Well, no, 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 of I course didn't. not. It, it, it's not. All right. Uh, I want to get to, uh, to this interview that we got to do with Megan Riza. Uh, Megan announced on social media that she wouldn't be returning as the LA Galaxy sideline reporter so uh our discord our, our corner of the galaxy discord certainly put up a, a a little fight in terms of they wanted megan on the show i said that i would abide uh and so we did this last week and i tried to have the video ready and it just wasn't going to work for the live show i couldn't turn it around fast enough so instead what we have for you is about 15 minutes uh with miss megan Riza and myself from uh last thursday so uh enjoy that and whenever you're done listening to that uh, kevin and i will be right back all right so don't go anywhere we, we promise we'll be we'll be right back it'll be fun all right hey, megan certainly appreciate you taking some time to stop by uh first of all how are you doing I'm doing so good. I hope everybody else is doing great. Obviously, you know, this is a really challenging time for everyone, Um, but I'm doing really, really well. Very happy, very at peace, but definitely miss missing the team a little bit. Yeah, it's sort of the around that time where where we usually spool up for all this stuff, right? You're you're starting to learn rosters and names and stuff like that. And I have to imagine if you don't have to do it, and I don't have to do it, but I do it anyway. Um, but if you don't have to do it, it's probably nice just to sort of sit back and say, I guess I'll just watch them play on TV whenever it starts, right? Oh man, I would be so far into my prep already, like because the team would be having preseason games right, right now. Right. You know, yeah. so we would already be kind of in the thick of things. So it is bizarre to just be kind of watching the news float on by and, you know, stuff like that. But obviously I'm still keeping an eye on it. And I love this team so much. I can't not, you know, uh, but it is bizarre. It's it's weird. It's like almost when you're done with school for the first time, you're like, well, don't have to go back at the you know start of the next right. year. Right, and I guess I guess I sort of buried the lead. You you, you made an announcement on, on social media, basically saying that that you know that you're you're done uh, with with Spectrum and and you're not doing that. And and I think you said you're you're stepping away from broadcasting altogether. Um, and so that was sort of the impetus for for me to get in here and say, well, let's at least one give you a chance to say goodbye, two catch up a little bit, um, because I think you probably have some good stories and some some good memories that you'd like to share, and everybody. Um, you know, I think the listeners enjoy hearing some of those stories too. I shared one of them on social media that I can talk a little bit about as well, but I mean, talk to me a little bit about some of your, your favorite memories of, uh, of the LA galaxy and, and doing what you do. Oh my God. I could go by year <laughs> if we had all right. the time in the world. Right. I've just been, I mean, so I was with the team for three seasons and it has been really three 
very different years each year. The first year, uh, Ziggy was the coach, you know, Zlatan is just coming in. It's my first time, you know, covering the MLS. And my first interview is with Zlatan Ibrahimovic and Ashley Cole earlier in the day. Right. So it really kind of set the bar for me, like, you know, um, for the year. God, working with Ziggy every year had its own different touch to it. And I think that this upcoming year for the team, obviously that's the same thing, but I would say just that first year kind of understanding Zlatan and his role and how he fit in with the team and, you know, his big welcome into the MLS was just such a blast. Oh my God. And uh, working with Ziggy, it's something that I'm always, always, always going to cherish. That was such a special time. Um, there were so many, I think on the road was definitely some of my favorite memories. Um, uh, the, can you talk about it? Cause you went, you know, a, a, as part of your job and certainly before the pandemic shut everything down, you traveled with the team whenever they would go to, uh, to their away games and it would be uh, on spectrums that way. Um, you could do the sideline reporting for that. So, I mean, that's a special thing in and of itself, isn't it? Oh Yeah. It's, it's a really, really cool experience. And that was one of the things that was a goal for me in my career as a broadcaster was to be a team reporter just because of how much you're almost part of the team. You're, right. There's still that line that you have to ride a little bit between, you know, being a part of the team and being, you know, journalistic and unbiased. But it's, it's a really, really cool thing because we travel. So I fly with the team. Um, you know, you have all the same experiences. You go to the game and stuff different bus in the team you're there at different times and whatnot but it's really cool to kind of see the guys off the field too Mm -hmm. and the way that they interact the coaching staff and um that first year with ziggy we would have breakfast the whole broadcast crew so joe tatino kobe and i would sit down and have breakfast on game day with ziggy and just pick his brain like i i remember pinching myself one of those mornings like I'm really just talking about, you know, the game and the future of the game and all these players and stuff with, with these three guys, like how, how lucky was I to have my start with people like that? So I learned so much in that first year traveling was lots on (laughs) that first year was a lot of fun too, just to see people's reactions to him on a commercial flight (laughs) was really funny. No, I mean, I have to imagine that that I mean, and yeah, he, I should point that out. This is pre-pandemic. There are not there aren't charters. I mean, you got a certain number of charters, but for the most part, you're traveling commercial with Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who is, you know, all of six foot five, and uh, and and his his arms are. I swear, his arms are longer than his body. Like if you turned his arms sideways, it would, they would be longer than six foot five. Um, just this overall personality. I mean. One of my special things is just to be able to I, I get less of the personality, like the 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 sort of behind the scenes look. Right. Because whenever I'm talking to them, there's a bunch of reporters around. So they know there's a bunch of reporters sound. But if you're around the team long enough, you can catch those little moments. But I have to imagine sure. Zlatan had the act down, but we got to see him on several occasions when that act sort of goes away a little bit. And he gets to interact maybe with kids or something like else where mm-hmm. it's a totally different guy. Completely. He, I mean, I wouldn't say I take it back. I wouldn't say completely. Uh, like he definitely played the character. He played the part for the media, which is, you know, why you love him. Come right. on. He's, he's, he's the larger than life character. Um, but off the field, you know, he was always super, super respectful. Had a, a really, really great working relationship with Zlatan. Um, 
I probably interviewed him out of the course of my three seasons more than I interviewed anyone else. So he, he was a little bit of a tough cookie to kind of crack at first. Right. I think that I read his book actually before um, I got started just because I wanted to learn more about him and um, who he was, his background, stuff like that. And I just picked up from that book that he's a guy that really goes off of respect and it's got to be respect that's earned to be given. So that was kind of the the tipping point for me and, and making that breakthrough with him. But around the team, everything like that, people gravitated around him. He was always joking around. He was cracking jokes before we went live, like all the time. Like right oh before, God, right? So like you, you'd be counting down and he'd be, he'd be yes. telling jokes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Hundred percent. So it, it was, yeah, a lot of memories with Ibra that were that were really really great. But I think by far my favorite interview that I ever had was um, with Efra, and it was mm-hmm. after a Fourth of July game. He just had his first start, right? And he talked about his family and how much his family had sacrificed for him in that moment and what it felt like coming through the tunnel. And that's where you know that's why we watch sports. That's why I got you know. Right invested in this. I I played sports my whole life. So just understanding what it is that families and people sacrifice to have these moments. That was by far my favorite interview that we ever did. Well, my my favorite sort of memory and uh, and like I said, I shared it on social media. I'm sure most of my listeners know this one. Um, but we, we uh, you were at the San Jose game up at Stanford Stadium. I think this was let's see, it was 2019. Um, yeah, and and I went as well. And so I traveled up there uh, with my pregnant wife. She's never let me forget that. By the way, she went with us and we stayed um, in Palo Alto and and did the whole thing. So we were there and we had to wait for Zlatan for forever. Right. I mean, we probably waited. Usually it's 20 or 30 minutes and that's normal, but I'm guessing 45 hour, hour and 10 maybe. And as we're waiting in a stucco sort of alcove that we were outside of the locker room that's separated from the stadium, it's like, you know, to 100, 150, 200 yards away from the stadium, sitting there with all the reporters, we're waiting for the first lot on to come out to talk and we're waiting for players to come out. It was just taking forever. And just about the time that we started to get players, the fireworks, because they always have the fireworks for that game, started to go off. And they were, I don't know, 200 yards away from us. They weren't very far away from us. And I remember you standing there. I think maybe Dave Romney came out and, and you were talking to, to Dave or something like that. And, and, and the fireworks started going off. And we were just like, it was just the perfect timing wherever we finally are going to do some interviews. Here it goes. And then boom, boom. And not like little booms, but really loud booms, right? It was, and the, the alcove didn't help because it had an echo yep. and it just sounded, I mean, my God, it sounded like we were standing right next to the fireworks show. That was, yeah, I will not forget that. That was a just one of those times that as a reporter, you just got to roll with it. You know, you just got to take what you give and you can joke around with Dave or whoever it was at the time because they get it. I mean, we're all humans at the end of the day and it's just, it's a funny memory. Well, it, it's a funny memory, but you handled it well. I know how it is to be in those pressure situations and you're sort of like, I still have to do this. It's still my job yeah. and I have to figure out a way through this. And, um, you know, my favorite, my favorite one of those is I, I got Bruce Arena on this podcast once, only once. And his dog barked through the whole thing the entire time. And I felt like I needed to acknowledge it. But at the same time, I didn't want the interview to stop. So it was one of those. And I, it, for me, yeah. it's a fun, fun memory. But the big thing I remember from that is Zlatan did finally come out. You, I think you did your interview. We got to talk to Zlatan for a little bit. And there was a San Jose Sharks hockey player and his son um, who had been waiting for him for like the hour or whatever it was. 
And Zlatan has the whole bus waiting on him for at least 20 or 30 minutes. And he stopped and took a good 10 minutes to talk to the kid. And, and I remember my, my favorite part with that was uh, Zlatan saying, hey, is it okay if I give you my autograph now? Right? Yeah. And like the kid was like, okay, you know, clearly he understood what was going on and the whole deal. But it's just... That's those are those are some of the fun memories that, that I have. And and I always remember that whenever I go to locker room, I'd see you standing out there. I'd wave uh, usually and then they'd start sending players out your way. So um, I, I, I want to open this up to you. If you want to tell the fans anything, if, if you want to reminisce about any other particular memory, it's it's your floor here for the last couple of minutes. It's all yours. Um, I will say just for that that point on Zlatan, he always, there was always kids in away games that would come and want to say hi. And he always took the time to speak and to chat and to say hi and really make people feel like they were heard. So that was something that happened, I think, on every road trip. It was very, very cool to see. Um, I remember in the 20, let's see, two seasons ago. Mm-hmm. It was, we had like the whole trifecta. We had the tornado game mm-hmm. in Kansas City. That was a ton of fun. Um, that was just the most bizarre sequence of 48 hours traveling with the group and right. going through that. Um, we had on the 4th of July game, we had an earthquake that morning. Mm-hmm. And then what was it? Colorado like had the plague. At yes. that time, oh, it was yes. just like, what the is pur- happening? The prairie dogs and the plague. I remember that well. So, yes, I mean, yeah, you're right. You did have the trifecta for that. So, no, there's a there's a lot of fun memories on that. I I, I will say this as uh, somebody who uh, gets to watch all of the away broadcasts, obviously, whenever they're on. Uh, I always appreciated you being there to be able to relay stuff. And I'm sure that I tweeted out things that you reported about a million times. Um, so that, so that was always it. You always did a great job. Um, always very professional, very knowledgeable. You, you. you knew your subject. And. Uh, it was funny because our Discord that we have said, you have to get Megan on the show. And I said, that sounds like a great idea. And I reached out and and, and made it happen. But, um, you know, I think a lot of people are going to miss you being on the sideline reporter. So at least for for the the people I can speak for, we want to thank you uh, for, for doing that. It does mean a lot to LA Galaxy fans. I, there may not be 7 million of them, but the ones who care about the LA Galaxy are, are very passionate people. This fan base, I just completely fell head over heels for. I covering this team, I didn't expect to love this organization as much as I did. And that was one thing that I really wanted to make sure to say tonight was that everybody who is working behind the scenes, you know, coaching staff, um, external staff, everybody are just good people. And it's hard. You don't always find that an entire organization of people. I've worked in sports for a long time. I've worked with basically every major sports team down here in Southern California and the culture of the people that just really want this team to succeed and really want what's best for this entire fan base. You know, they work 24 seven at it. It's, they definitely bleed, you know, for the galaxy. And I'm just so thankful that I got to be a part of it because you know, they're memories that I'm going to cherish for a lifetime. Um, sitting with Ziggy in the airport, working on crossword puzzles with Dom Kinnear, right. you know, <laughs> on the road. Um, just all the interviews, everybody, all the players really are great guys. And they're going to take the time to say hi to you and ask you how you're doing, how, how your family is doing, uh, really see you as a person. Um, so that's, I think, what's really going to stick with me most about this. Fans, of course, thank you so much for you know, having me on tonight, <laughs> people that asked, it really means the world to me because 
this team um, and everybody really has made such a big impact on me. It's something that I'm never going to forget. I'm so excited now to be a fan of this team (laughs) for once I can, I can cheer everybody on. Um, And yeah, I'm, I'm just eternally, eternally grateful, um, thankful for, for all the media members and everybody that I got to work with. Cause at the end of the day, you know, we're really all coworkers. We really work together to cover this team, cover the um, entire league and everybody just really wants what's best. We want to put on the best product and, you know, speaking on the spectrum side, we really put a lot of, blood, sweat, and tears into getting these games up for everybody. And I know it's not always perfect. Right. Um, I wish I had some control over that. Obviously I have <laughs> yes. zero, yes. Um, but, but people really do care. And I'm just so excited to see what this team has for 2021, because I think there's, there's a lot of change mm-hmm. and there's a lot riding on a lot of different people's shoulders. But I think if you have some success with certain guys, um, there's going to be a lot to look forward to and a lot of positive things for this 2021 season. It very well could. We'll keep our fingers crossed. If you ever want to do any podcasting, you just let me know. We can get you on as a guest co-host. No, absolutely. Anytime. You. All right. So, uh, Megan, good luck. Uh, let us know if we can ever do anything and, uh, you know, pop up on social media every once in a while and, you know, yell at the team or something like that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Josh. Appreciate it. Yep, Thanks no everyone. Problems. All right, there goes uh, Miss Megan Reza there. Uh, a, a great, she, it's funny because you, you get attached to people whenever, especially this last year, Kevin, um, all the away games, you always get, you know, Joe and Kobe and, and Megan Reza and, and you get those, those, those people and, and you're used to seeing them. And so I think that if you're looking at the sidelines this year, it's going to be, it's going to be a little different as, as is normally the case whenever things change over. But I, you know, Megan was always super nice to me. Um, I, I think she always did a great job. So, so I, I was really happy she'd come on the show for a little bit. The second most famous woman in soccer. Yeah. Named Megan. Yeah. Name Megan. That's right. That's right. Uh, Megan Rapino, the, the, the first one, right? That's, that's who, well, where you were going. Just slightly. She might, be, she might be third behind Megan Reza. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm not sure who would be first at this point. Yeah, I guess you could put Rapino ahead of her. Okay. Okay. Good. Just checking. Um, okay. So let, let's let's continue on with uh, with more of our discussions here. Um, you know, one of the things that we wanted to talk about is this sponsorship program uh, that that has just come up, and and we've talked about sleeve sponsors before. And if you remember last year, Kevin, uh, the sleeve sponsor for the LA Galaxy was. Uh, do you remember? It was Herbalife. Yeah, only in the MLS's back tournament. That's right. They just, they just, just for the three games there. Just for the three games there, they had a little Herbalife uh, sticker or or patch basically on the on the sleeve, and that was their sleeve sponsor. Now we've seen other teams uh, sign uh, these sponsorships, Kevin, and so uh, it was one of those things to sort of take a look at and say, hey, when are the LA Galaxy going to do theirs, and and when are they going to get that done? Um, and the bottom line is that the LA Galaxy announced today. Uh, that they had signed a multi-year uh, sponsorship uh, for that sleeve sponsor uh, with Honey. Uh, with here honey, it is. With here's hun- here's honey. Honey from from StubHub Center or Dignity Health Sports Park. You still have right. it? Has that even there been opened? We, we got no. I was it has not. We got sent that like three, four years ago. I, I don't. Does yeah. Honey go bad? There it is. So this is the new sponsor, Honey. No, no, that's not that's not how it works. Um, we, the Galaxy now Winnie the Pooh's favorite team <laughs> is 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 the LA Galaxy. I'm I'm trying to see how many other Honey puns you have. Um, honey, they're sweet. They're a sweet team now. Yeah, I'm I'm sure they are. 
Um, Honey, for those of you who don't know, um, is a a I will say a creative software company, um, as they sort of uh, say in their their release. But basically, what Honey does is as a web extension or basically a web browser extension, uh, it can go and find you. Uh, coupons or best deals on things or do comparative shopping on things that you're looking at and try to find you the best price on it. So um, surprisingly, usually whenever there's a a sponsorship, Kevin, most people are like, I've never heard of that. I, I got a lot of that today. I got a lot of I've never heard of honey before, but I also saw a lot of I use that all the time. And that's actually something that, you know, I, I can use here here from from now on out. So um, let me give you some some quotes, at least uh, from the press release. Uh, it says the uh, the multi-year agreement was brokered by AEG Global Partnerships. We talk a lot about, you know, the LA Galaxy and AEG um, and uh, the owners of the LA Galaxy are AEG. And they develop this global partnerships where we've seen some different sponsorships and different deals sort of come about because of this. Um, I don't know. It seems like the LA Galaxy getting a lot of sponsors uh, lately whenever you had like the official law team. Did you see the official lawyers of the LA Galaxy or the law no. firm? Of no. the, yes, there was a whole there was a whole video and it was a thing. So it's actually out there. There is an official law firm. I'm me personally. I don't feel like giving them the, the airtime. Maybe I should grab that video, though. It was it was a little humorous. Um, next time. Next time I'll, I'll, I'll get it. Um, so basically what's going to happen is the Honey logo will be displayed on the um, will be displayed on the on the right sleeve. There it is. Um, yeah. So those of you uh, on our video podcast, you can see that. Uh, so the right sleeve. And, and I had people complain about this because people are going to complain about everything. Uh, for me, Kevin, looking at this, this is like the least intrusive, uh, you know, logos that sponsorship that you could probably have on a sleeve. I mean, it's not a patch, just a word. It's in script. It says honey on it. Uh, we're done. I mean, that's it. I've explained the whole thing to you. And to me, it's, you know, I, I guess people can still get upset about sponsorships being on jerseys, Kevin. But as we know, um, every league and every team in every sport basically has sponsorships on their jersey of some sort. And everybody's selling all the real estate. Well, here, here's where this comes from. In 2018, MLS uh, decided that they would go forward with this and it was going to be a four year sort of uh, uh, experiment with uh, sleeve sponsors. It was going to start in 2020, which it did. Uh, LAFC, on, I think on their away jerseys, had Target, for example, as a sponsor. There's about, oh, I don't know, maybe a half dozen teams that that uh, go uh, went ahead and got uh, sleeve sponsors. Um MLS has now said it was supposed to go from the 20 to the 22 season. They started it in 2018 as a four-year experiment that patches could go on the jerseys in 2020, and they'd be off in 2022. Given the financial problems now with pandemic, they've allowed those uh, patches to stay on jerseys through 2025, and now they're beginning to look at the left sleeve as well. Um, It is going to become intrusive. I mean, I, I really do like this logo. I don't know much about the company honey, but as you said, it, it, it is unintrusive. It, it, it looks nice. It's handsome. Um, some of these other patches that, you know, the, the uniforms, it looks like a NASCAR driver. They've right. got patches all over everywhere. Uh, you know, if you're going to do this and, and certainly the need for the money is there, I understand that. I think this looks pretty good. I think they did about as good as they could do with that. And, and my guess is this, since it's the global partnership arm of AEG, my guess is this is a great deal for Honey. They're probably going to be introduced to a lot of overseas markets. It's an L.A. company. They're going to be introduced maybe to a lot of overseas markets that they've been trying to get into. So 
this looks like one of those win-win things. The Galaxy get a little bit of money. I don't think it's going to be life-changing money. Right. But they, get, they get a little bit of money for something that really doesn't destroy the handsome look of their uniform. Honey gets introduced to some foreign markets. It looks like a pretty good deal all the way around. Yeah, it, it's not bad. I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about money here and, and sponsorships and how that all goes. Um, I, I want to finish with a couple of things. Uh, basically, that there will be some custom content produced by both parties with highlight, which will highlight the functionality and benefits of Honey by featuring the passion and diversity of the LA Galaxy and its fan base. I think that's fun. That sounds like an infomercial to me uh, whenever it goes out. So you can look for that. Here is one way that Honey can save you money uh, coming up on 224. As we know, uh, the hints have been out there multiple times now, Kevin, uh, about the quote unquote, uh, the away jersey, the 1997 sort of throwback jersey. Uh, we've we've showed you pictures of it, uh, of, of the leak kits. We had a, a picture last week of the authentic uh, leak kit. Uh, I know people who have gone to Adidas stores and already bought replicas of this because the Adidas stores let stuff out a little bit early. But having said all that, uh, if you are one of the first 100 fans to purchase the new authentic LA Galaxy secondary jersey, uh, you can get 15% off at the LA Galaxy's Team LA store by using the discount code LAGHONEY15. That's the first 100 authentic secondary jerseys. Um, and they'll come complete with the Honey Sleeve patch and are also available for delivery um, or in-store pickup. That is from the press release there. Wanted to make sure I got it out. Uh, there's been some arguments uh, on on Discord and on Twitter about whether or not you'd want to get the Honey logo on your on your sleeve, Kevin. Whenever you could, particularly, you could probably get it without, um, and it, it wouldn't be there. However, saying that, um, I can also say that, in my opinion, if you're buying an authentic kit, kit which is going to be expensive, uh, if you're buying one, one get the fifteen percent off if you can, and two, um, Get the one that looks like the guys on the field are wearing it, right? I mean, do you really want one that's different than what the guy... You're buying the authentic. You're spending the extra money so that way it looks like the ones that are on the field. So, in my opinion, you know, for, for resale value, it should have the it should have the logo on the sleeve. That's that's my my two cents on it. What, what about the name on the back? It, that doesn't matter. You can get whatever you want with that, you know? You you could... you If anybody wants to buy... Wants to buy me the COG, you know, um, let's see, I think 13 or 14, however many seasons I've been covering the LA Galaxy, if they want to buy me that, that's fine. Um, I'll, I'll take that. No no, uh, no questions asked. Um, there is one question that has been uh, sort of put forward by a bunch of uh, people, and that is uh, looking at whether or not the season ticket member discount, which of season ticket members haven't been in the stadium for almost a year now. Um, if the season ticket member discount would apply to these, because basically you would go and have a 20% off uh, with the season ticket members, I think. And this is just a 15% off for the first 100. So anyway, that's all a question. It's uh, like that U22 rule. It's uh, my head hurts again. Okay. Let's, let's make your head hurt even more. Uh, let's talk about the LA galaxy's finances in terms of sponsorships oh, and, t no. and TV deals. Um, and this is important because I think if you're looking at the path the LA Galaxy are currently traveling, understand that path is going to get more difficult. Uh, the LA Galaxy in 2011 signed a 10-year, $44 million extension with Herbalife. It took effect in 2012 for that extension, which means it runs through the 2022 season. Basically, Kevin, they get $4.4 million per year from Herbalife. That will come up at the end of 2022. Two more, two more seasons. Two more seasons and two more seasons only. The LA Galaxy also signed a 10-year deal, 
$55 million deal with Time Warner Cable, um, which is now Spectrum, and that pays them through 10 seasons $5.5 million per year, and it runs through the 2022 season. If we do some basic math, Kevin, we can say 4.4 million and 5.5 million equals 9.9 million dollars. So the LA Galaxy get 10 million dollars. Yeah, uh, get 10 million dollars in TV and sponsorships through 2022. We'd expect that Honey is paying a certain amount of money. Maybe it's around $500,000. We actually don't know. But regardless of that fact, Honey takes the LA Galaxy for these next couple of years over that $10 million range of money that they get to rake in every year, I would imagine, as long as there are games on television to be played. So maybe they got a little less last year because they didn't have the full slate of games that Spectrum was supposed to give them. But the big thing that I wanted to highlight here, Kevin, is that that money is going to disappear at the end of 2022. There will be some money coming in from there will be a new league-wide television deal, broadcast deal. Um, the current deal is $90 million a year, which all the teams share. The league takes the biggest chunk of that, but the teams share $90 million a year. I mean, that even the NHL gets three times that much. This is chump change compared to other leagues. There will be a new broadcast deal. It will be for much more money. Uh, the Galaxy will share in that. Will the Galaxy get $5.5 million? Probably not. Um, you know, will Herbalife or another, I think where, where the real money might be would be the jersey, right. uh, the, jer- the front of the jersey, because the Galaxy is an iconic MLS franchise. If they start winning again, you know, we know they're always on TV. They're one of the most attractive TV uh, um, teams in MLS. If they can stay on TV, if they can continue to be an iconic franchise, I think that jersey, that in front of the jersey, the jersey sponsor could go for much more than $4.4 million. That's speculative right now. You know, would Herbalife come back? Would Herbalife ask for a discount, having been the jersey sponsor for 10 years? Would, uh, you know, would the Galaxy be willing to sell to Yokohama Tire or someone else for uh, and start a deal over again for more money? Probably, because they're going to have to make up, like you said, $10 million a year. Yeah, I think it's good that you see the diversity in the in the sponsorships this time now, Kevin, because um, whenever you have Herbalife and then you have an Herbalife patch on top of that, they're probably getting a discount for that stuff, right? I mean, you're like, hey... Um, who knows? Maybe because there are less games, maybe Herbalife didn't have to pay the full sponsorship last time because obviously you're getting less um, exposure to um, to TV television audiences um, and live audiences whenever that happens. So maybe they paid less. Maybe that was one of the deals is the Galaxy threw in the sleeve sponsor for three games and said, hey, now you're double sponsored and you know you get this. Um, however that ends up happening, diversifying that gets you more money, right? Because if you're going to one spot for all those things, for the sleeve sponsor and for the shirt sponsor across the front, uh, you're not probably going to get as much money as if you could charge individually for those things from different companies. Um, so for the LA Galaxy to get honey, um, I, you know, perfectly fine with that. I think it's a it's a as good a sponsorship as any. Um, certainly, I think would be it's better than than Herbalife is. Uh, unfortunately, people were like, "Oh, finally, we're getting rid of Herbalife," and it's like, "Nah, calm down. That's just the sleeve sponsor. Uh, everything everything still is, remains the same with Herbalife across the front." But you know, as much as we keep talking about Herbalife, and and I think the LA Galaxies need to move on from them. They paid them $44 million over 10 years. Uh, it's not a small amount of money. And if they come back and say, well, we'll pay you $6 million um, over the next 10 years, and the LA Galaxy get to pick up and make up any money maybe that they're not getting from that league-wide deal, um, then expect Herbalife to stick around. I mean, it, it's all about money on this. It's whoever's going to pay the most. Well, it, it is It is about money for the Galaxy. For Herbalife, I think it's the credibility that they get as a 
health food, supposedly health food uh, marketing company right. uh, with health food products being associated with an MLS team is, is a real boon for them. I think the Galaxy could find that money elsewhere, perhaps. And the Galaxy have done that in the past. Remember, it used to be uh, it used to be the Home Depot Center, and, and then it was StubHub Center, and now it's Dignity Health Sports Park. So they've gone through uh, you know changes before in sponsors, just not on the Jersey front, not for ten years. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it, again, it's going to be interesting to see when that all turns over. So um, that's something to watch for. Again, um, I think the biggest thing out of all this, and by the way, the I think MLS or the LA Galaxy put out an email and uh, I actually just signed up for the for the mailing list uh, because it says that you're going to get a sneak peek at the New Jersey. Uh, so I've signed up for that. Look for that out there. Sign up for it because the big deal about all of this is that on two twenty four on Wednesday. Uh, at some point, and I would get up early and start hitting the refresh button. Uh, the LA Galaxy are going to drop this throwback kit, and I imagine it will sell out within. I I, I hope it lasts the whole day, Kevin, because I, I'm telling you, you can already see the pent up demand for this um, everywhere you look on Twitter, on the Discord, on Facebook. Everybody's talking about it. This may be one of the most successful jersey launches the LA Galaxy will ever have. Um, and you know who used to wear that jersey? Who, what, what was that? You know who used to wear that jersey back in the day? Who, 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 oh, Greg Vanny. Greg Vanny, right. Isn't that weird that they bring back a coach and they bring back the throwback jersey? It, it's, a, it's certainly a coincidence, right? Because we know that the cycles of all that take about 18 months, right? And So, so you're saying that the Galaxy knew 18 months ago they were going to hire Greg Vanny. I mean, there's that's a good conspiracy theory. It's one I like. At least you can connect the dots <laughs> on it, right? Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, that's, that's basically what it, what it is. It, it looks like it's a quote unquote throwback to the 1997, I, I believe home kit or first kit have the black with the, uh, with the green and the, and the stripes. And the one behind me, I think is the away, which is the white with the green and the gold stripes that the bear is wearing, that the soccer bear, uh, is wearing in, in our video. So you can check that out. If you've ever missed our YouTube video and you haven't seen, um, the soccer bear wearing uh, Kobe Jones's jersey. Uh, you're missing out on some some pretty top quality YouTube content. I, I would just like to say that's worth the clicks and the like. Uh, well, as far you, as I'm concerned, you know the, the whole point of the throwback jersey is MLS's 25th anniversary season, and the Galaxy were, of course, an uh, an original MLS team. So hence, you know, they're recognized in the history of the league with some of these throwback jerseys, and the Galaxy will not be the only team to do that, the only original team to do that. Yeah, I mean, but at the same time, this is something fans have been clamoring for for years. Uh, because this is a Nike design, let's point that out. It's a Nike design, and Adidas is is skirting that Nike design with, an, uh, I think, an updated design. But I wouldn't be surprised if they had to go to Nike and say, hey, we're going to do this. Are you cool with that? That type of thing. Because they're very similar whenever you look at it. So um, again, 224 that comes out. That's really the big news about all this. Uh, if you want to be one of the first 100 ones and you put in your your 15% discount, uh, you can get that honey patch on there as well. And as far as I'm concerned, that makes it more of a collector's item if you are looking at collecting stuff. So uh, that's sort of where I got that. Do you want to talk about uh, Julian Araujo a little bit? Because that's an, that's an interesting story. A lot of Julian Araujo stuff uh, in, in the last couple of days, especially in A1 front page story on the LA times. And I happen to know somebody who works there and who wrote that article. Um, and he, he got one, right. I guess, uh, that's what everybody will say, right? Yeah, I did. I didn't mention the position. So, um, <laughs> that could not, uh, thank you for Sasha Clankston to point out that the headline on the Jonah Dos Santos story the other day pointed out that, uh, identified him as a winger. I think there was supposed to be some sort of double entendre there. I, I, I didn't get it. I couldn't figure it out. John, Jonathan DeSantos is not a winger, and he wasn't called a winger in the story. But anyway, I digress. 
Julian Araujo, yes, if, if, you know, when you put up that Honey sponsorship logo, that was Julian Araujo on that too. Here we see Julian Araujo there wearing number two. Yes. Uh, he's changed numbers. He was 22, 22 because two is his favorite number. Uh, and when he came to the Galaxy uh, two seasons ago, two full seasons ago, this will be his third season. When he came to the Galaxy, number two was worn by Perry Kitchen, who is no longer with the team. It will be with uh, Columbus this year. So Julian Araujo has gone to number two, which is his preferred number. But what you were alluding to is Julian Araujo, who um, is a fantastic guy. And we actually broke this story on this podcast back in June. Uh, Julian Araujo is the the son and the grandson of uh uh, agricultural workers, farm workers in the Lompoc area. Uh, his family, his mother and father came over from Mexico, the father when he was 15 and went to work in the fields and worked there for 16 years supporting his young family. And um, Julian's uh, grandparents on both sides did the same thing. His uncles, brothers uh, all worked in the farm fields. Julian did not work in the farm fields. He works in another kind of field. He works in the soccer field. But the point is Julian did uh, never moved on from that. And I mean that in the good sense that he remembered where he came from. He remembered, uh, you know, the hard work that his father and grandparents put in in the fields. And he really has a soft spot for farm workers. And as we talked up on this show in June, he saw a picture of farm workers in Sonoma County uh, working in the fields with their, their mask on because of COVID. There was a fire in the background. They were working in this uh, toxic smoke. Uh, and it really touched Julian because he knew how hard that work was. And so he started a fundraiser at that time. Uh, he delivered meals to farm workers in the Lompoc area. Uh, later in the season, he made a donation out of his own pocket. He made $80,000 in uh, his first season. I believe he made about the same last year. It's comfortable, but it's not a ton of money. He made a huge financial uh, donation on his own to the United Farm Workers Foundation. This last weekend, they held another uh, event in Lompoc. Uh, over 600 people came, about 150 families, um, in conjunction with United Farm Workers, with Julian Araujo's family, with the Galaxy. Um, United Farm Workers gave out gift cards. Uh, they had money on them. You could go use them for at supermarkets and things. $100 for each gift card. They gave out $26,000 worth of those. They gave out backpacks full of food. The Galaxy made a monetary donation. They also raffled off soccer balls. The Galaxy did. And Julian Araujo's family, out of their own pocket, they put together 100 bags uh, with toiletries, you know, toothbrush, um, you know, deodorant, those kind of things. They put those together and they handed those out as well. There was also um, COVID face masks that were handed out and there was uh, uh, pamphlets about, you know, how to guard against COVID, how to take care against COVID. Um, all that was great. And all the farm workers and other people in need in Lompoc that came for that at Lompoc High School uh, we're very thankful, by the way, that the crowd was so big. Some people were turned away empty-handed. But I talked to some people afterwards from the United Farm Workers, and they were saying, you know, this is great, uh, giving out this stuff, but the real important thing here is the inspiration uh, that people take away from Joey Naranjo, a 19-year-old kid from a farm worker family. He's made it. He's successful. He's a national team player, plays for the Galaxy. He's, uh, you know, on the uh, – it, there's a lot of interest in him from Tottenham and Juventus, big clubs in Europe. This guy is a star, and he hasn't forgotten the farm workers and the families that he came from, and he went back to give back. And just that message is what I was told was the most important thing about that. The material aid is great, but the message, the kids, the families, the mothers and fathers that can see this kid come back. Uh, and you and I have talked about this before. When Julian first came up, he was a 17-year-old kid, and right. like most 17-year-old kids, extremely shy. I wouldn't say well-spoken. Really, 
uh, was a great soccer player, but really wasn't uh, media savvy at all. wasn't good at doing interviews. Didn't have much to say. He is a totally different guy now. We talked about that in June. I interviewed him after this event, and I told him that he sounds like a guy two and a half times his age. He's right. 19. He. He made, you know, the, the arguments that he made that what he talked about, what this meant to him, how important it is to the farm workers, how this affects the farm workers' lives. I felt like I was talking to a senator. I mean, he <laughs> has really come a long way. He's a very, very impressive young guy. And I think he always was. I think he just needed to find his footing a little bit. Yeah, um, he is. Uh, he, he's certainly been inspirational, I think, to a lot of people, uh, like you said. Um, just the fact that he has sort of this uh, this head on his shoulders that says, I have the ability to help. I need to help and I need to do it now. I know that was sort of one of the quotes. He's like, you know, I can't wait till I'm 30, 40 or 50 until I'm well off. Who knows? I'll never make that amount of money. Um, paraphrasing quotes here. Um, you, he goes, but I can help right now. And so I'm going to help right now. I'm not going to wait. Um, just I don't know. It, it's a breath of fresh air for a lot of reasons. But you can tell, I mean. I think the most important thing is this is Julian Araujo going out and doing that stuff, Kevin. It's the LA Galaxy who are throwing support behind it, but it's because Araujo is the instigator for that, right? He's the one saying, I need to do something, and the LA Galaxy are like, well, then we can help you do stuff too, but this is really Julian Araujo's uh, a deal. Right. That's a great point because when he did that thing in June, when he started the campaign, and his mother would deliver the food. They gave, they took meals, about 300 and something meals to First responders, uh, they took them to the uh, teachers and, and, and aides at Lompoc High School, and then they delivered uh, 150 meals to farm workers. Um, when he did that, uh, and he posted that on social media, the Galaxy were like, hey, you know, what are you doing? Why didn't you tell us about this? We could have helped you. And Julian, being the guy that he is, he's like, this is from me. I want to do it. If you guys want to join in, you can join me. But this is my deal. I want to do this. And I, I asked him a little bit about that. I said, look, you are a professional soccer player. You're going to be playing in Europe soon. You're on the national team. You're going to be in the Olympics. You could be in World Cup qualifiers this year. You don't have time to do this. Why are you doing this? And he said, because I can't not do it. I have to do it. He said, I, you know, whenever I go home to see my parents, I see the people in the fields. When I drive up and down the coast, I see the people in the fields. You know, that, you know that's what I grew up around. I cannot not do it. I have to do it. It's not a choice. It's uh, something that comes from inside of him where he – he, he needs to do it. It's, it's, I don't know. It's just like the rest of us get up and, 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 uh, you know, breathe and brush our teeth and everything else. Julian is driven. He has to do this. He doesn't feel like he has any choice. Of course he does. And he does it, you know, for all the right reasons, but he doesn't think it's anything special. He thinks it's just part of who he is and, and the way he was raised. By the way, his parents, uh, Lupe and Jorge Araujo, did a fantastic job raising him, and I think a lot of the credit goes to them as well. Yeah, it, it certainly seems that way. the The kit number is interesting as well. Um, you know, uh, number two certainly. As soon as I first saw it, uh, you're you're number two. You play at a an outside back position for the LA Galaxy. Uh, then you remind me of Todd Dunavant, uh, the number two. Uh, you mentioned Perry Kitchen uh, had it, and then the last, uh, I think, defender to have it was Pele von Anholt. Remember Pele von Anholt, who showed so much promise, Kevin, uh, and then got injured, I think, in his second or third game for the LA Galaxy and was never seen from again. Uh, that, that was it. But they're the only the Galaxy, the only MLS team to field Pele. That, so that was that was good. That was, that, that, uh, was, that was a plus for them, for sure. By the way, another thing about Julian Araujo in the number two, he did post something that I know a lot of fans have seen on social media already when he said, new, I think he said, new season, new number. And then he said he was dedicating the season to a friend of his. Uh, it, it was a childhood friend 
uh, that's a very important part of Julian's career. When, when Julian was 16, um, Barcelona asked for him to come to uh, La Masia in Barcelona to, to train. And it was a little bit of a tryout. He was going to go there for a week. And he really didn't want to go. He'd never been away from home that long without his parents. Didn't really want to go. And it was this particular childhood friend who convinced him to go, who talked him into it. As Julian was, as he tells the story, as Julian was about to board the plane, he got a text message that this particular friend had died unexpectedly at 16. And Julian uh, wanted to wanted to go home. He, he wanted to go get off the plane. And, and some of the coaches there said, look, you can't bring him back. And Julian thought, you know, the guy who really wanted me to go, the way that I can honor his memory is to go. He he told me he cried all the way to Spain. It's about a 17-hour flight. He cry, uh, cried all the way to Spain, got there, performed really well in one week. Barcelona said if he had had a European passport, they would have signed him on the spot. Um so the rest is history, but he's dedicating the season to this one guy where you could certainly make the argument that Julian's career would not be where it is now if not for this this friend who died unexpectedly when he was 16. Uh, going to be interesting to see how Julian does a lot of, uh, I would say, a lot of pressure this year on him. Uh, certainly a, a, a continuation and a progression of what he was able to do last year. Uh, he has the Olympic U23s um, that he's probably going to play for. He's gotten you know some caps with the U.S. men's national team, the senior team as well. Uh, there's a lot of expectation for it. And despite what some MLS talking heads will tell you, uh, he is the starting right back for the LA Galaxy. Uh, it's just a matter of, one, can he stay there uh, with yellow cards and red cards and the disciplinary issues that we saw last year? And uh, and two, is is he going to get enough time there knowing that he's going to be out with possibly the U23s and the Olympics uh, to continue that progression uh, for the LA Galaxy? So a, a lot of, I think, a pressure on him, maybe the expectation pressure higher than it's ever been. Uh, for him and the LA Galaxy. So something to watch this year, how he handles that pressure um, and whether or not he can continue to sort of raise his game. Uh, he was a bright spot last year for the LA Galaxy. You would hope um, that if you're a Galaxy fan, that he would be a bright spot again um, this year uh, in, in 2021. He's got to take that next step forward. He's one year older. Uh, you want to see that development of a player that is possibly going to be playing in Europe in the near future um, and not necessarily with the LA Galaxy. How can you say that he's not going to start? He's the defender of the year. He was named. He was the first teenager to be named defender of the year, the first teenager on the Galaxy to be, to be named humanitarian of the year, won both at the same time. Right. Um, and, and, you know, you're right. There is a lot of pressure on him, and it's always that sophomore jinx. You know, you have a great season. Can you come back and do it again? Anyone except for maybe you and I, can catch lightning in a bottle and have one great season. Can you do it back-to-back? -back? That's the test. I think with all the stuff that Julian's done and just the guy that he is and his humble nature and all those things, I think everybody's rooting for him, even opponents probably. And that's a great thing because it's going to buy him maybe a little bit of an extra, you know, a mistake here or there. He's going to be get the benefit of the doubt. He's not a guy that anyone is going to be cheering against, put it that way. No, no. Everybody wants him to succeed. Yeah, I was going to say, we, you and I saw on, uh, on, uh, on Instagram, on Twitter, on social media, on the Discord, people are saying, well, I know whose number I'm getting on the back of my jersey whenever I get the brand new. Um, jersey that's coming out on uh, on Wednesday, and it was yeah, uh, two, not not twenty two. Yeah, two. number two, two, number two. That's right. You you can do that. Um, always fun to see that. Uh, let's get to th let's get through some Christian Pavone update. Um, because it's towards the end of the show now. Uh, I want to go over this. Uh, big shout out to John Rojas. John has been all over this. Actually, I think emailed Pavone's lawyers. 
uh, talked to them and so got us even more clarifications. The last we, we sort of left off with um, with reporters reporting um, from Argentina that Christian Pavone did have a travel restriction put on him. Um, and that's what we talked about on Thursday night and said, hey, you know, that's more serious than it is. Pavone's lawyers pushing back on that again. Um, here's let's go over some highlights of, of what John Rojas had put out on Twitter. Uh, and he paraphrased uh, some of these answers and translated them for us. So uh, we have them. Uh, one of the things they said is up until now, as in the current date, uh, Pavone has not been charged with any crime. Uh, there is no charge. Uh, they also say there is no restriction on travel. Here's the deal about that restriction or the notification more than anything. Pavone is more than welcome to to move and to go wherever he needs to go for his job. Uh, he just has to let the prosecutor know where he will be um, so that way they can contact that, him if he, they need to, right? So it's not a travel restriction, according to the lawyers, although it certainly was reported as a travel restriction. It's basically like, a, hey, I'm if I'm going to go to the United States and play for the LA Galaxy, I just need to let you know what my address is and how you can contact me in the United States, and that way we can continue this process. Um, I think, again, it could be shades of gray. It could be translation issues. It could be lots of things, but um, you know, people certainly reporting that there's a travel restriction. It seems like, it one, on Thursday, we told you it wasn't a very high bar. It seemed like he needed to clear, like he needed to tell them, well, I'm going for a job that I have, and they're going to like, okay, have fun. You know, we, we'll, we'll get back to you. That seemed to, sort of how it was, and it's even less of a high bar um, or an even lower bar uh, than we thought it was if what Pavone's lawyers are saying uh, seem to be true about that. Does that does that make you feel any better there, Kevin, about any of this? Well, I, I actually, I even heard it was even worse. It, it was not worse. I mean, it was even uh, murkier than that, that uh, one of the, the judges were saying, look, there's basically the same thing. You can go wherever you want. Maybe the, the thing about notifying us came later, but it certainly didn't seem like uh, the judges down in Argentina we're taking this. I, I think they're taking the charge seriously. I think they're they're doing their due diligence, but I don't think they felt like it was to the point. It had gotten to the point where they needed to put this guy in custody or under house arrest or anything like that. And and that's sort of what the lawyers are saying. And basically, they're saying that the proof that has been turned in isn't enough to charge him or even levy any restrictions against them. Uh, they're saying, of course, there could be new evidence or developments, and that may change. But right now, there's there's nothing there to see. It's also worth noting that that Pavone's lawyers put out and say that Pavone is basically counter suing the um, the the accuser on this. Um, and so, uh, basically I would imagine because they're saying that she's making things up. And so then the countersuit is that, you know, sort of from def defamation, those are U S legal terms, not Argentine, um, legal terms. So don't take that as, as word for word, but that seems to be what the process is going through. Um, the other part about that, they're saying the process, I think much like the U S legal system could take months or even years, uh, to sort of get to. Um, and so there's a whole bunch of other stuff. If you want to go to the rumor tracker and sort of track down some of the, the smaller finite details, like the accuser used to, the, there's it's, there was a rumor that the accuser had a remote romantic relationship with one of Pavone's brothers. Um, the lawyers are saying that's not true. And that's been all over the media. Uh, she did meet one of Pavone's brothers and they ran into each other a couple of times, but there was no relationship there as well. So, um, again, they're trying to poke holes in her story. She at every turn is also going to the media 
media whenever anything comes out about the court cases and certainly is is using that. So a lot of this is being tried out in the public, in the media. Uh, but I just want to sort of leave you to to where we're at currently, which is there don't seem to be any travel restrictions. There There's no charges. Uh, this continues to be in an investigation and in, in sort of things. And, and that's sort of where it stands right now. But there have been bones taken out of both of his ankles. Yeah, and, and we talked about that on Thursday. So nine nine bones removed from his ankles, uh, nine bone fragments. Uh, I think Eric said it looked like baby teeth. He basically Pavone ate his twin in, in Yerdura, which was a good joke. I, I enjoyed that. <laughs> but so he clearly was playing, pay, uh, playing, excuse me, clearly was playing in pain last year. Uh, if he went ahead and got that operation, he's going to be out, what, two months. So he's going to miss the start of the season if we ever get a schedule. We're assuming that there'll be games at some point. You know, eventually, they're going to have to play some games or tell us when they plan on playing games. We'll see if any of that happens and, and sort of make that happen uh, whenever it goes. Um, but I, I heard two months. So if it's two months from today, that would be um, he would definitely miss the opener maybe the first couple of weeks because after that, he would have to then get become game fit. Remember, this is a guy who did not miss a minute last year. Correct. So the idea of bringing him along slowly, 15 minutes, 20 minutes here, that's not the, the Christian Pavone that we've, uh, you know, grown to, to to watch and love here in L.A. He's a guy who plays 90 minutes a game. It's going to be interesting to see him coming off the bench. I think it's going to be a weird experience. I think this entire season right now with an incomplete roster uh, as we as we move forward uh, is going to be a, a weird sort of season um, as we try to figure all this stuff out. So uh, that's sort of where we sit with the L.A. Galaxy. Do we expect more signings? Yes. Um, obviously, the, the roster isn't filled out yet. Uh, when that will happen, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to hear rumors. I'm waiting to confirm things whenever I know what those are um, but everybody needs to sit tight I know there's frustrations I see it on the uh, on Twitter I see it on the on the discord um, I see it on Facebook people just getting fed up of the LA Galaxy not making any moves uh, remember everything's a little delayed right now uh, we're a little bit later than we than we should be um, just in terms of the of the season and where that's going and so hopefully that means that uh, the LA Galaxy will be uh, will have a full roster eventually whenever they go to play actual well, actual games here and what you mean about that explain that that you know, we didn't have a CBA until just a couple of weeks ago. Teams didn't know how much they could spend for what period of time. Um, the Galaxy didn't really have any clarity about Pavone. I think they still don't have complete clarity, but it's getting closer. So, you know, the Galaxy were in a position where do we have a DP spot? Do we not? Do we need to get a winger? Do we not? Um, how much money can we spend? So, again, a little bit of patience. I know other teams have gone forward and done some things. The Galaxy decided to wait for whatever reason. But when you talk about them not having a complete team, Yes, there are enough players to field 11 players on the team. And I think we have a pretty good idea who the goalkeeper will be. We know the back four on defense, um, but we don't know who the wingers are going to be on which side. We don't know uh, about this defensive midfielder. Chicharito will be a striker. Will he be a lone striker? Will, will there be another striker with him? Will he be paired with somebody? They need to add somebody. Is Ethan Zubek really the backup number nine? Is he the, you know, the, the first guy off the bench if Chicharito were to get hurt? There's a lot of holes in this team that need to be filled, yeah. and um, they're they can't be filled with people they have there. Yeah, so uh, people were joking around uh, with with Honey and and sort of their their coupons and stuff like that. They were saying, oh, maybe the LA Galaxy can use Honey to get a discount on a on a midfielder that they need. Uh, maybe that would that would work. Yeah, there there you go. Um, oh, by the way, on the Honey deal, um, no, I, I I do not know how much uh, how much money Honey is paying for the sponsorship, um, but I heard they used a coupon for it, so that was that was it. But wait, that's the way. Come wait, come on. 
There we go. Let's get it a little louder. That was good. That was good, wasn't it? Come on. You I waited the whole show for that one. I forgot. I forgot about it midway through, and I was like, I better say it because uh, it's really it's my crowning achievement for today. It, it, that, no. that that joke got a lot of retweets today. So thank you for for indulging this. And by the way, I also win because I was certain that you were going to steal that joke at one point. No, I'm sticking with the honey and sweet and the, the, you know. Um, Winnie the Pooh's team and all that kind of stuff. Okay, good. Just wanted to make sure that we're we're completely done with that then. Just remember, the puns come first. It's more important than all the soccer stuff. That absolutely. Absolutely is. All right. Uh, anything else you want to get to? We're done? We're done, right? No, I think so. Okay, good. Let's get out of here. Uh, if you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at kbaxter11. And please head on over to latimes.com. A lot of LA Galaxy coverage in LA Times. Uh, three stories that I can count off front page. Uh, front page of the sports section uh, and a good sports section section uh, story in there as well. So make sure you're there, latimes.com. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at jguessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast, cornerofthegalaxy.com, podcasts, articles, rumor tracker, transaction tracker, all that stuff, cornerofthegalaxy.com. Come join our Discord, hang out with us. All right. For Mr. Kevin the Panda Baxter, I'm Josh Pato Guessman, and you've been listening to corner of the galaxy from the box on corner of the galaxy.com have a great one everybody you've been listening to the corner of the galaxy podcast on corner of the galaxy.com you can follow the show on twitter and instagram at galaxy podcast and be sure to check out and subscribe to itunes stitcher and facebook by searching for corner of the galaxy fans we thank you for listening and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast we thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.